Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. How's everybody doing today? Well, I don't know. I'm torn, guys and gals. I am torn. So, you know, I have I have uh, a lot to talk about. I can always talk about different things. Um, 
And today I wanted to talk about how to, you know, acquire equity in companies with no money down, or maybe how to leverage your, your network, um, and, uh, you know, sort of create win-wins for everybody. I'm not sure if that's what you all want right now. So let's just go around the room right now. What would you rather do? You want you, would you rather, as we would say, shoot the shit about a, a subject matter, or would you rather have sort of a masterclass on tangible instruction and tangible results? Let's go around the room. TM, what do you want? We'll take it either way from you, man. However, right. you serve it, I'll take it. <laughs> Amanda, Alexander, Candace, Anthony, what do you say? I say teach, I mean, brother. I think some people are probably listening, getting ready for uh, for the day this morning. What do you think, Alexander? Have the opportunity to learn from Stephen Kuhn. It's hard not to take up on, <laughs> take oh. you up on it. So maybe there it could be an interactive, you know, a teaching, if you will. All right. All right. Everybody okay oh with that? Gosh. Oh my gosh, I love that. Yes, interactive, and there's oh, who doesn't want to learn? Okay, let's do it then. Sounds good to me. All right, rock and roll. We always learn in this room. There you go, GI. in this room. That's right, GI. Always. Yeah, okay, so um, I'd like to introduce myself. If you don't know me, I'm the guy pointing my finger at you right there at the top of the screen, second row down. Uh, my name is Stephen Cohn, um, author, co-author of Unleash Your Humble Alpha, founder of the Have Investment Fund, the Have NFT, the Vetpreneur Tribe, the Warrior Council, which is all veteran, um, veteran-focused empowerment um, in the military veteran space. Now moving into the metaverse with actual veteran real estate, NFTs, and so on and so forth. I don't know anything about NFTs, so don't ask me any questions. <laughs> we'll have the white paper out soon. You can read all what all the tech guys are talking about and gals. And um, I'm, a, I'm an executive, um, sorry, I'm an advisor, a business advisor. I've been doing that for 25 years, typically business turnaround. And uh, we uh, coach and advise some really cool people like the special assistant to the new mayor of New York, Eric Adams, um, and, um, you know, entrepreneurs in the 20, $30 million range. Uh, and we do this in a specific way that's all based upon the book, Unleash Your Humble Alpha, which you can grab. If you go to my link, uh, you can actually get a free book. Just pay shipping. Go to go to the website, humblealpha.com. Anyway, done selling. I don't usually do that. But I see everybody else doing it, so I figured I might as well, right? So today, you know, everyone had the one question I get is like, Steve, how can you have three calls a day with new people and you never go out prospecting or looking for leads? And I say it's because I lead with value always. I have zero expectations. I have zero cookie-cutter solutions that I go into any situation with. And I have no expectation. I focus on the only thing that I can control. And that's my intention of adding value by solving problems. And this is what I'm going to tell you right now. This is going to blow your mind because it's so simple, as is life. You, whatever you want, give it to the other person and you will get it back. So if you're, if you're in a meeting, you're in a networking event or whatever, and you want clients and you want, you know, a customer, you want revenue. Give it to the other person. Give them what you want. Fit it to their goals. Give them what you want, and you're going to get it back. You see why that is? That's because you're letting go. What you resist will persist. If you hold on to something too tight, it'll, it will can't get away from you, can it? So it, it, it can't come back to you either. So you got to let it go. The number one most powerful thing that I say to every single client and every single person, friend, family, girlfriend, wife, what, that didn't sound right. But, you know, <laughs> girlfriend and wife, but you know, you, you know what I mean, uh, is when you're focused on something and you're doing something, whether it's a business goal or relationship, whatever, if you have an emotional, uneasy feeling, that means you're giving that specific thing too much emotion. And that creates 
excess potential. And excess potential is dangerous because it runs around like crazy. If you feel frustrated in the structuring of the deal or you feel like, oh, it's not going to work out or something's going wrong, then you're giving it too much importance. That also creates excess potential. So when you're out there and you're putting too much importance and you're putting too much uh, desire behind the, emo the, the emotions behind the desire to close the deal or get the deal or whatever, you're going to end up overshooting and missing the deal. It's just typically how it is because you want it so bad. You desire it so bad, right? It's too important for you. You forget about looking around. And what happens when something's important? What happens when you desire something? Your peripheral starts closing, right? You start closing your peripheral. You keep focused on this thing. I got to control it. I got to control it. I got to control it. So when you pan out, I say this all the time. I've been saying it for years. Like in a movie, you pan out in that moment where you feel like you're frustrated or you feel the emotions going high, you know you're creating excess potential and you know you need to back off. And how do you do that? You pan out and you look at the whole picture and you look at the peripheral because that's where everything's going on. I just wanted to, I wanted to start with that. Anyone have any comments to that before we get moving on? All hey, right. Steven, I guess. Can you expand yes. on the pan out just a little bit? Sure. Yeah, so it's, uh, <clears throat> it's, a, it's a visualization thing. It's a visualization thing. And if you want to know the truth, it's like this. If, I, if, if, if I'm focused on something and I'm feeling frustrated, even if it's on my laptop or I'm in a business meeting or even with my wife and the situation and all that kind of stuff, and um, I'm, I'm so focused on, man, why does this hurt so bad? Why is this so hard? Why is this so difficult? Then I go, wait a second. What, what, what is this connected to? Let me look at the whole picture. So it's almost like a drone taking off, looking down, going up, and the higher it goes, the more I see. So that I can see what's connected to what I'm worried about. And I also know that I, everyone around me reflects what, I'm, what I have inside of me. So when I know that and I pan out, I see, oh, man, I'm, I'm creating this mess, aren't I? You know, I'm creating at least the reactions to this mess. So, yeah, I hope that, hope that helps you there, GI. Wow. Thank you. Yes, in, indeed, indeed. I do that all the time. And it's something that, um, I, I, you know, I would say the peripheral is where everything happens. You know, everyone says hustle and grind, put your head to the grindstone. When you do that, what do you see? You see the freaking grindstone. What good is that? <laughs> right? What about that person walking by you or that opportunity that's right next to you? Right? What about, what about the luck and coincidence that you just don't even see because you got your head to the grindstone, nose to the ground? To think of it like that, micro intentions, macro view, pan out, look at everything, how it's connected. Here's a trick that I wasn't planning on telling you all, but I think I'm going to let you in on my secret because I have a secret. I got a big secret. The one secret is, and this is my secret to success. When everybody asks me, what's your secret to success? Some of you know this. It's very complicated. It's very secretive and it's taken years and years to hone, but I'm going to tell you the secret right now. You ready? You're going to write this down. <laughs> If you want to do something, ask somebody who's been there and done that for help. That's my secret to, to, uh, to, to success. You see what I mean? Life is simple. Life is simple. It really is. If, if, if I would say a, a, a mic flash right now, who thinks life is hard right now? Who thinks life is hard? Go ahead and flash your mic. Okay. A lot of people flash. Okay, so let me, let me rephrase the question now. Who thinks they're making their own life hard right now? See what I'm saying? We have that choice, folks. We have that choice. We can make it difficult or we can make it easy. 
And I already, I already told you one method is letting go and panning out. Here's a method that I use, and I truly use this every single day. And it took a while for me to figure this out. I started all this stuff, like get digging in deeply when my wife, you know, with the, the situation with my wife about 45, 50 days ago. I dove in deep. You can probably tell in my voice if you've been following along where I am right now, that I'm back in my center again. It didn't take long, about 40, 40 days. It's because I do things like this. So I had to come up with a statement of why I'm here. Like, why am I here on this planet? Right? This is a projected planet, right? We're, we're projecting our world in front of us. That's the way, I, this is what I believe. So I had to figure out why I was here. Like, what am I actually doing here on this planet? And, and in the very, 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 very macro view, what can I do, what do I do that affects everyone that I come in contact with? And so I came up with this statement, and that is, I radiate value that lifts people to a higher frequency. And when I read that, it gives me goosebumps because that's literally who I am. Is my mission in life, no matter where I am, even in my, my, my intimate, most intimate relationships, all the way out uh, to people I just meet on the street in general, I always want to lift them to a higher frequency because I know that in doing so, I'm investing in that relational capital and relational capital has a guaranteed return, right? And I'm doing that because that makes the world a better place. And if you think I'm some kind of hokey guru, like what do you call it, um, um, you know, spiritual, spiritual, I don't know, weed smoking, whatever, one of those kind of people, I'm definitely not. I'm a business guy, I'm quite successful. But I in integrate all the spiritual stuff, plant medicine, the whole works, all into my business and who I am. So when I'm in a, when I'm in a place, GI, for instance, and I wanna pan out, and I'm frustrated. I ask myself, Stephen, wait a second. Why am I here? I'm like, I'm here because I radiate value that lifts people to a higher frequency. That's why I'm here. And just saying that to myself makes all the other issues that I was having, like, laughable. Like, seriously, you were worried about that? Don't even worry about that. That's nothing. And that really, really helps put it in context because you're staying then in the macro. And what that also does is it lowers the stakes. It lowers the stakes in that situation. Why is that important? Because the higher the stakes are, the lower your faith is. Let me give you an example. You're at home and you get a, you get a call that a friend of yours was in an accident or maybe a, relation, a, a relative of yours was in an accident. You run to the hospital. You're hoping that the doctors are going to take care of it. You call a lawyer for the, you know, for the accident, all these kind of things. You're... You're giving your power away to a lawyer, to a doctor, to all these things. And you're probably saying, well, they have to do it. Well, in that moment, your faith is low because you can't do anything. The stakes are too high. You can't. You're not a doctor. You're not a lawyer. So the stakes are very, very high, and your faith in yourself is very, very low. So in order to lower that, those stakes and raise and increase the faith, I use that statement. I radiate value. They list people to a higher frequency. That's why I'm here. And that really, really, really helps me. So if you all want to do your own statement, it's got to be profound to you and make you think about yourself as you are. Not as you want to be, but as you really are. Like, like drill down and find out what it is. That, it, it really, 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 really helps. So anyway, I thought that would... Um, this is all unscripted, by the way. <laughs> hey, Stephen, uh, can yeah. I ask questions? Yeah. I remember I was sharing with you a, a, an experience I had um, at, at work. Yeah. And your feedback to me was that 
situation unfolded because of the negative energy I brought to it, right? Even though what that person did or said um, was wrong. And I'll, I'll just tell you, it was, a, it was a situation, I'll be, you know, very transparent where, um, you know, my, my boss said something to me that my mother has not said in like, since I was probably 16 years old. And it was an effort to, which I tell leaders, this is a very, you know, you don't crush people's spirit. You may talk about something you're not happy about, but you don't crush people's spirit. And she said to me, GI, I'm very disappointed in you. You really have to do better. And the only thing I was doing was advocating my position. But her attempt was, in my mind, to put me in, pl in my place. And so my response was a negative one. And you said something to me, well, the way that, the reason it turned out that way was because of what I did. Can you explain more about that? Yeah, sure. You're feeding the monster, aren't you? And so when, uh, you know, what we got to realize is that we can't change people's minds. We can't change people's attitudes. We can only change the way we react or act towards them. And so when I'm feeding negativity into negativity, battle for battle, it's going to get bigger, isn't it? That, that, that piece of that piece of energy was going to get bigger, that dark energy, what we call against energy. There's, there's actually a, something you can do to fight that against energy. And against energy is you being against anything. You're being against success of a friend. You're being a success. Are you being against someone losing? You're being against someone winning, whatever it is, against energy. You're against your partner's wishes. It could be the smallest thing. And that's what, that's basically what you're doing, GI. You were giving against energy and against, what does it mean? It means it's pushing up against something and that's their energy and you're going to have conflict. And so in those moments, I say to myself, when something like this happens, I'm not against that person's failure. I'm against nothing. I'm against no one. And then I got to create a good meaning. I got to create in my mind, a good meaning to this event. And I ask myself a question, you know why this is good? It's good because X, Y, Z. So if I was in your shoes, yeah, I'd be like, uh, you know why this is good? It's good because I have an opportunity to hear the truth from my boss and I can now act accordingly in my time, in my space. That, that's why it's good. You see what I'm saying? You, what you're doing there is you're taking yourself out of the conflict. You're creating an environment that you dictate and they don't dictate. Understand and zero conflict. Does that make sense? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. So it's, I'm not against my boss's failure. I'm against nothing. I'm against no one. And you know why this is a good thing? It's a good thing because X, Y, Z, you do that in every situation where you feel against energy. It's incredible. It's incredible. All right. Any, any other questions? I know I'm covering all kinds of craziness here. No. All right. So, um, all right, I'm going to tell you this. So I'm going to tell you something. This wasn't planned either. So you all know, I think I told you my dream uh, a couple days ago that I had, right? So I had a dream. Let me go outside here. My son's here. Um, so I had, you know, some of you know my situation um, where, wait a second, <laughs> get away from my son. Um, there we go. So some of you know my situation where my wife decided to leave me like 50 years, uh, 50 days ago, 45 days ago, which was a complete shock to me, put me in the fetal position, knocked me out. Uh, you know, I had suicidal thoughts and I just, it was, it was the worst thing I've, I've been going through in my life. Uh, 
And uh, I immediately hired coaches, um, Dimple Thakrar, who I had on three weeks ago, right? Uh, Linnell, who's in the room, uh, who's amazing. And uh, Larry Bilota, who's another one. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, Five Simple Steps to an Extraordinary Morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. And then I had some other ones who, who came on their own to me. And I went through a lot of practice because I knew at the very moment that my wife told me that, that this will be the biggest lesson that I'll ever learn. This will be the biggest lesson in my life that will take me to the next paradigm. And even though I was hurting and crying and literally crying for days, I knew that this was my chance to become the most amazing version that I've ever been. And so I went through all this work and I'm going through all these things that I'm telling you, you know, creating, uh, creating good events and uh, telling yourself, why am I here? Stephen, why are you here? Like you're here to radiate value and lift people to a higher frequency. Damn it. That's why you're here. Don't let this little shit get on you. Your mission's bigger in life. And so, you know, I'm going through this stuff, going through this stuff. And then the other night, last week, I had a dream. And my dream was my wife walk, walking towards me, crying with a knife in her hand, very lovingly, very loving knife. <laughs> and she came towards me and stuck it into my ribs. And as she stuck it into my ribs, I pulled her in and hugged her and said, thank you, I love you. And she pulled away and walked away and said, I love you too. And, um, and she walked away and there was no pain and no blood. And I thought it was the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced. There was so much love at that moment. And what, what she was doing was separating from me, that part of me. And God told me, and I'm not very godly, but God told me that, uh, Linnell can probably explain this better, but told me that, that um, he was showing me that my spirit body is not my physical body. And then my spirit body lives on and is stronger than it ever So that really blew me away. And then I felt really, I felt really at peace. But then a day later, I'm driving down the road, singing my favorite song. I was singing Three Doors Down, right? You know, Loser, one of my favorite songs. I don't know why, it just is. I'm driving, I'm singing. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, and I mean out of nowhere, I start screaming. And I mean, I had to pull over. I was screaming so loud and so long, I got cramps in my lungs and in my stomach. And my, my, I almost lost my voice. That's how loud and long I was screaming. I scared the shit out of myself because I couldn't stop it. I didn't know what it was. And after that, as I was wiping the tears and the snot and everything else from my face. Uh, I felt a calm that I've haven't felt since I think after the war, um, in Iraq where everything stopped and it was like the world just was on pause for a couple seconds. And, um, I didn't know what to make of it. I didn't know what to think about it. Uh, but I knew right then that I was, I had cleansed myself that, that against energy that I had everything I had against my wife and the things that I think that she did to me um, or that I blamed on her, things like that, it all disappeared on that day. And uh, with Linnell's help, uh, I, I could I could work through that. And um, I know you guys are all thinking like, holy shit, this guy's telling this, telling like this crazy story, man. But I think it's important to know that everyone goes through this kind of stuff. Anyway, so I let all that stuff go. And since then, of the relationship with my wife is freaking incredible. I mean, it's just it's just incredible. We're not getting back together. But it's just, I can love her. I can love her soul. 
and I have zero expectations of anything in return. And if I can love her soul and serve her soul and always love the mother of my children, then I feel like that makes me a better person. And I feel like my children, no matter where we are, no matter where we live, no matter if we're split up or whatever, will always respect that I will always love and, and respect the mother, their mother, the mother of my children. All of this came in the last 45 days, and this is only a tip of the iceberg. But what's happening in my business because of the work I'm doing personally, I can't even explain to you. We're looking at like a $2 million month in February. It, it, I mean, out of nowhere, out of nothing, a new project. It's incredible, right? And this is all because I let go. I let go. I had an idea. I told someone about the idea. I have a hot mic. They have, they've, I told someone about the idea. They then told two people, a blockchain company and a tech company. These two people immediately gave us 500 grand in services. And now it's being built. It's huge. We just spun. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's out of, we got like 45 people on the team. And I have zero investment in that. They're doing it for us because of the idea is so epic. Right. So how did that happen? I just let go. You know what? I can't control the how. We always talk about that in, in the humble alpha. You can't control the how. You just got to be certain that it will happen. That's all you need. And through my whole process here of coaching, and I mean, I'm talking endless coaching, like three or four times a week, man. It was, it was crazy. But it was all different aspects. One was mind. One was spirituality. One was like sort of structured. I came upon, you know, sort of who I really am. And now my life is blooming again, after 45 days of being in, in, in a very scary place. And I'm meeting all kinds of new people and just having these experiences every single day where you're like, how can this happen? Like every single day, boom, 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 just constantly all day long, these amazing things are happening. And again, that's because I let go. It's because I create good things out of every situation. It's because I know why I'm here on this freaking planet. And that alone attracts so many people to me and gives me so much business and so much opportunity to give them what I want so that I get what I want. And there's a saying for this, and that's called the leader of minds, right? So I'm the leader of my mind because you've, you've heard me talk about the five minds before, I'm sure, where we have the conscious mind, the subconscious mind, the inner child, which is you at six years old. You have the parenting mind, which is um, responsible for judgment. That's your parents when you were six years old. And then you have your ego, which we call Freddy Krueger. And Freddy Krueger, your inner child, and your parents at six years old, when you were six years old, they tell your subconscious what, you know, they feed the subconscious with all that information about how you're supposed to react to situations. And your conscious mind is the only mind that can actually make a decision. But if you're not aware, then you're going to let your subconscious guide your conscious mind. And that's where we go a little bit cuckoo and a little bit crazy and get worried and you know, stressed out. And that's why I'm doing all this. And I'm telling you that clarity of mind, the clarity of mission, the clarity of who I am, why I'm here, what I'm doing here, changed my whole business, changed my whole business. And I have no idea where this is going. <laughs> uh, but it just started this way. And I guess it just went that way. And I, I, I believe in the flow. But because of this, my M&A group, so I coach um, a group of M&A mergers and acquisitions, folks every wednesday it's turned into a true family because i've opened up like that right we've gotten investors from there we've gotten you know clients from there from that from that group and everything else it just keeps growing and growing and growing and with zero effort 
So in the end, what I'm saying here is that the way that I get three people every day to talk, that, that, that set up appointments with me to talk to me is because the radiant value that I create lifting people to a higher frequency sends people back to me. Law of reciprocity, right? Law of reciprocity. So I feel like that's a massive, a massive um, opportunity for everyone in this room to realize if you want something bad enough or too bad, you're creating excess potential. If you desire something too much, you're creating excess potential. And I know potential sounds positive, doesn't it? But excess potential floats around and just grabs on whatever it can grab onto. And, ne and the next thing you know, you can't focus on the one thing that you have because you're trying to bounce around and do all these other things. And then people ask me all the time, well, Stephen, come on. If you're doing the NFT, you're doing the inv investment, you got the Warrior Council, you got the Vetpreneur Tribe, you have your book, you have your keynote speeches, you have your advisory. That's seven things. How do you even, like, sleep? People, and everyone knows here I work four to five hours a day max. And so there's an art to all yeah. of this, you know? It's, and there's an art to all of this. And that art is letting go of what you think you control because you don't control it. You only control the intention. You don't control the outcome. Focus on that intention, and that outcome will be great. Any questions? I, I heard some people unmuting. Yeah, yes, it's yes. 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 What was that? It's Lino. I was going to ask, when someone has a coaching session with you, what does that look I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What was that? Linnell was speaking, Stephen. Linnell, Linnell was saying something to you, Stephen. Okay, okay. okay, go ahead. Hey, so real quick, GI was speaking and then Linnell was speaking. So they were okay. both speaking over each other. So whoever, you know, whoever needs to go first, but I think GI was I'm good. Yeah, GI was spot. actually, yeah. it's fine. GI, go ahead, please. I, I just wanted Stephen to kind of give us, what does it look like when you have those, those three calls? Because, you know, this platform, this room gives us opportunity to meet with people. But I think since you've shown so much success, what does those, what are those coaching three calls look like? What, what does it feel like? Um, well, <laughs> with, with um, Dimple Thakrar, who wrote the book, um, The Roadmap to Purpose, I had her in the room three weeks ago. She's very task oriented. You do this, do this and do that. This will get this result, right? So they're basically, she's basically telling you what to do to get a result that you want. So that's one where you're trying to control the outcome, but through a, through a proactive activity on your side, and expecting the, the um, reaction to be a certain way, which cannily enough, uncannily enough, it always is, which is crazy. She really knows her stuff. And then I have Larry. Larry uh, is a bit reflective, and he, he's an interpreter. So he interprets, um, he interprets what I say to him into what he understands. He's a genius when it comes to that, and gives me these small bites of information that I can carry with me and use as tools. And then Linnell is bases it all on spiritual spirituality and the connection to God, and she's really good, man, like really good. I've had so so many breakthroughs with Linnell; it's incredible. And um, yeah, so those are the three different ones. So you see, they're a little bit different in each area, but they also overlap. So I hope that helped. Linnell, you want to say something? Yes, Stephen. Good morning. Just good morning. Absolutely. I love the fact that you shared this story, and I know that it took a lot of courage for you to do it. So kudos to you. And I just want to say how proud I am of you because when you first came to me, you know, we had our, our chats and everything like that. It was, you spoke a lot about the, about your wife and everything that your wife had wanted in the relationship. And then for us to speak the other day, 
And for you to be in a place where you know who you are, you've gotten back to the core values of who you are, not just as Stephen, the business person, but Stephen, the man, the creation that God has made, absolutely incredible. So I just wanted to commend you and tell you how proud of you I am. And I absolutely thank you so much in my life. Oh, yeah. This is Linnell. I'll go ahead and mute up. Linnell. Hey, man. Steve. Always bringing tears to my eyes. Linnell asks questions sometimes. I'm in a perfect, I'm like, I'm powerful and I'm on it. And uh, she asked one question. It's like, holy shit, just crushed, like, just crush that confidence. You're like, oh my God, that's a, that's a good question. So if you guys ever need any of that kind of assistance, talk to Linnell. I'm sorry, go ahead. Who was next? Hey, Stephen. Uh, this is Alexander. I, I wanted yes. to touch upon something that you said that's so important. And I think, you know, when we talk about the law of manifestation and the law of attraction and all these things, the secret, the most important piece that I think that most people miss is surrender. Yeah. Because Let if you go. truly, truly, truly believe that it's happening, you truly, truly believe it's coming, you know that, you know, God has rigged everything so that it's in your favor, then you have to surrender and truly trust. And I love, first and foremost, seeing, and I'm excited for our interview this, the coming Monday. I just, I'm excited mm -hmm. to delve even deeper into who you are and pull this out because I think that what you are exemplifying so openly is that you can be an alpha you can be successful you can be this jacked rip six foot whatever four. massive six <laughs> four, human of a man you know and yet still 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 be hum radically humble enough to share the ins and outs the dark the light the shadow all of it and and do so with such grace and i just appreciate you man because i'm watching you and i'm emulating you because you're so powerful and that key on surrender i'm like whoa and i'm excited because me and Linnell have a call this coming week it has nothing to do with any of this we're just getting connected and chatting and i'm like you're making me amped up for our call because i'm like i can't wait to talk, talk to this queen come on yeah get ready i i actually call her my angel you know when you get off the phone with her, you just feel like a million bucks, like your your whole your mind expanded. Um, well, yeah, surrender, letting go. That's I mean, that's there's not much else you can do when hard when the tough gets tougher. And you get I mean, even in war, what do you do when you can't fight anymore and you're burned out and you can't move and you're out of ammunition? What do you do? You got to surrender, right? Not to the enemy, but you surrender to the to the world around you, and you see what comes to you, what you can receive to fix the situation. You're forced into that. Thanks, Alexander. Hello, All right, so, Steve. Either. Yes, Linnell, go ahead. Is that Alexander? I can't oh, is that wait. I'm like, I'll be here. I'm just, uh, I can't wait to talk to you on the phone. I now. know. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Hey, Steve. Yes. Good morning. Yes. Morning. Oh, my God. Um, I hope I can find my words in English. I'm tuning in from Paris. But if you see in my bio, I will say I'm a soul connector. And actually, everything that has been said this morning makes me really like feel not only I'm in the place where I have to be connecting those souls together. So I really get what you're saying. I only, all my life, I've been through different things, incredible challenges in life, because life, you know, life comes for you, not to you. We need to remember that. I only see the 
best huh? part of it. Best part of it because that's so. Oops. Bolo su kam bolo. Okay. Okay. I got it. Okay. So that is why it is so important to really like feel that we are vibration. And sometimes I had a the like the impression that I was talking to people that don't understand. So hearing you today, I said, oh my God, if you go to my bio, you will see those souls connectors. So if we all connect to our soul, the soul is one thing, the personality and the identity sometimes that we show is another thing. So the more aligned with who we are, why we're here and where we meant to be with whom. Every time I see a person, I said, okay, so what is the light um, we're giving to each other? And they always say, what do you mean? I thought, yes, why do we meet? We always meet for a reason. And as long as we see the fire in the, in the eyes of people we meet every day, I think the world is going to be a better place because we can really lift up each other and make things happening. Because things happen every single day. But how you, uh, um, how you uh, react to it it's your choice. We talked, you know, TM talked about credibility, about, and giving credit today to this room is for me something that I really have to do. So grateful for everyone who spoke this morning because that made a really great gift to everything I am um, speaking out. In, everything I am, and it's such a great, incredible place. And I know my friend Renee, who is here, who I met finally in Paris, and this is the greatness about meeting great soul, she has that also credibility and that uh, integrity as a person. And I thought she would put uh, the planner in a Louis Vuitton, but it's okay with Dolce Cabana. So thank you. <laughs> thank you guys for everything you're bringing. Oh my God, this is the best gift I think for Christmas or any moment in life. So I am so grateful to Steve, um, to uh, TM, to everyone who spoke this morning because this is a real champion room. So thank you, thank you again. Merci. And merci, merci beaucoup et je suis merci vraiment beaucoup. très reconnaissant. Oui, merci oui. beaucoup. Thank oui, you oui. so much. Thank oui, you. Oui, 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 oui. And I hope we can speak. Yes, Stephen, we need to connect. All right, thank you so much. Merci thank beaucoup. Thank you so much. Merci beaucoup. Yes, indeed. Um, feeding the soul, right? I mean, when you feed the soul, it's, it's a funny thing if you think about the soul for a second. Um, when, when I really dug into this uh, with Larry, uh, we came to the conclusion that there's no male and female soul. It's just a soul. And so when there's no one female soul, because as a guy, a provider, a protector, you know, that's the kind of person that I am. I just, I, I just feel that I have to protect those around me. I have to provide for those around me. A lot, a lot of people feel that way. And when you do it as a male to a female, especially in a relationship, that can be a little bit overwhelming for the person around you. And it can allow, it, it can lead you to forget about yourself, right? And only worry about the other people around you. So when you remove the gender from the soul and you actually just feed that soul with no expectations, man, I can tell you from my experience now, how incredible and how impactful that is on the world around me in every way, in every way. It's almost like I turned on it to, to success in business and in private life because I'm now genderless feeding the soul, if you will. <laughs> 
So um, yeah, that's just a little tip a tip on feeding the soul there. So any other questions or anything you want to talk about out here? Hi, Stephen. Yes. This is Gina. I'm from India. Hello, I'm, Gina. Hi. I'm so blessed to listen to you this evening here right now, actually. Uh, I have one question. I really liked the fact that you were open about the experiences that you've been and you said that letting go is very powerful but how do you let go if it is concerning your uh, children okay so how when you know that they're going in the wrong direction how do you let go without being involved well letting go doesn't mean you you're not involved um, let, letting go means you're you're letting go of trying to control Right, you're trying to control and the outcome of whatever that outcome is. When you try to control something, what happens? You're going to create resistance. Right? You have that. That's that against energy that I was talking about. Mm -hmm. And so when you let go, you let you focus on the intention. What's my intention? Like if you want your kids not to run, hey, don't run. Right? Don't run. It's telling them what not to do. Right? Rather than telling them what to do. Right? So you say, hey guys, please walk slowly. You know, you know what I mean? Like there's a, there's a, there's a small difference there. Mm -hmm. And that difference uh, makes all the difference in the outcome because you're, you're focusing on the intention of what it is that you want them to do or what you want out of the situation, but not on the how. So you say walk slowly. However slowly that is, that's up to them. You see what I'm saying? So you're letting go of trying to control how slow, how fast, stop this out of the other. You're letting go of all of that. And you're just focusing on the intention. Does that make sense? Yeah. Hey, Stephen, yeah. can I speak yeah. into that really quickly? Of course. Thank you, brother. So I, I love this question. As parents, you know, we ha we think about this, right? So I have a story to tell. Hey, so some anecdotal, uh, anecdotal evidence. When I was 18, I was a freshman at Florida State University. Uh, I was in a fraternity, and I started um, – not living necessarily the life that I know that I was called to live. I started partying a lot. I started having a lot of fun. My parents knew that something was going on, but they couldn't put their finger on it. I was four hours away, etc. There's this one night that my mom literally gets woken up at two o'clock in the morning and she goes onto her knees and she starts praying and literally says, God, I surrender him to you. Do what you must. At two o'clock in the morning of that night, I was getting arrested for possession of drugs. And that was my one and only arrest. And by the grace of God, um, I was able to do the diversions program and some other things. Um, so it didn't have a lasting effect. But in that moment, standing in handcuffs, I remember thinking, what is my mom gonna think of me? Like my parents who gave me everything, my parents who loved me through everything, my parents who provided a life that I could never have dreamed of a better life. And yet here I am living a life that doesn't honor them. But in that moment of surrender, she didn't release her love for me. She didn't release her care for me. She released her worry. She released her stress. And she decided that in that moment that what I needed to go through, I needed to go through to shape me into the man that I was becoming. And so when we surrender our children, we don't give them off to the wild and hope that the wolves don't eat them. We allow them to live the life that they need to live, to learn the lessons that they need to learn, praying that the years we spent rearing them, something stuck inside. Because for me, I only needed that one mistake to make a shift. 
For others, that's not always the case. But because my mom was willing to get on her knees and surrender me in love to God and everything that I needed to go through in order to become who I've become, I believe truly that that day, because for the more, I, I, I really believe that for the majority of my life, still to this day at 39 years old, bad things kind of stay away from me. I think I have this shield that just protects me. And that shield is my parents and God's love. And that sounds weird, but it's what I believe. And in that well, moment, my mom removed the shield so I can learn the lesson that I needed to learn. She didn't remove her love. She surrendered her worry. I hope that makes sense. It sure does. Thank you so much. It sure does. And I, I want to say something else about that. It's because, because of the fact that you believe it, it's also uh, partly why it happens. Make sense? Mm -hmm. uh, because you believe it. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. What was that? No, I mean, I get three pointers from here, like keep loving, give these walk slowly directions with the right motive, and surrender to the right place. Yes. Is it? Okay. Yes. 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 And so when it comes to belief, you know, we have, I've, for me, it's three phases or even four. The first one is belief. That's an act of act. That's an act. Like I believe, I, I want to believe in this. This is this is good for me. This is something that I want to do. So you believe. That's an active, active move. Then you have faith, right? Everyone talks about faith. God, pray to God and stuff. But faith is a funny thing because faith means yes, I have faith that it will happen. But if you go to church and you pray every week for the same exact thing, do you really have faith? Like, do you really believe it? You know what I mean? Because if you're asking for it over and over, and it's not coming, then that's because you don't believe it. So this belief act of faith is passive in, in a way. And then you become to the, what we always talk about, and that's certainty. And once you have certainty, that allows you to let go of how you're going to do anything. And that allows you to, um, if you will, manifest what it is that you actually want when you focus on the intention. And then you have the fourth stage, and that's knowing. That's when you just know. Like with this project right now, with the NFT project, I'm not even, like, I don't even think about it. Because I know it's working, and it's going, and it's going to crush it. And... These are the, the, four, the four different phases that I always look at. What phase am I in right now with my children? What phase am I in right now with myself? What phase am I in right now with my wife or my whoever, right? What phase am I in? Am I in the belief phase, the, the faith phase, the certainty phase, or the knowing phase? And that helps me adjust how much I back off, how much I let go, how much I um, focus more on the intention. Make sense? All right. Who else we got? Come on, this is this is pretty good stuff. Let's go. What do you got? Hello, Stephen. Hi. Hi. <clears throat> yeah, Stephen. I I really resonate with uh, with surrender. And um, surrender came for me around the twelve step process, which I got involved in many years back. Mm -hmm. And um, in terms of surrender, what what I'm interested to know, Stephen. Um, I sort of look at it as the very, very first step to transformation, um, you know, surrender, followed by uh, forgiveness, and then peace, and then love, and then courage. So I was also interested to hear your steps, which I, I, I really align to. But surrender from your perspective, how, how, do you, how, how did you experience that, um, Stephen? Because for me, it was something that happened beyond the cognitive mind. It was acknowledgement, I guess, at some level. How did it work for you? Well, you know, I think often we're forced into it when it gets to it. I mean, I feel like the universe 
gives us messages all the time and says, hey, man, uh, you need to back off a little bit. But we as humans who are taught 24-7, everywhere we go, you got to be in control. Uh, we don't do that. So we're faced with things um, that crush us because we won't listen otherwise. And even this coaching I'm going through, I would have never have gone through that coaching if I wasn't in the bad position I was in. It just wouldn't happen because I wasn't called to it. You know, and, and so um, I think sometimes we're, we're forced into that. And when we're forced into that, then, then, then we can really, really let go. But until that happens, which hopefully doesn't have to happen that often, <laughs> hope to God it doesn't have to happen that often because, my God, it was tough. It's still tough. <clears throat> and um, I think the letting go phase is virtually, it's, it's really, okay, so look, I'm going to tell you again. Right? When I get up in the morning, before I open my eyes, I go through the root, what they call the root, and I go through my five minds. So I go, I go into my, talk, I go to my parents when I was six years old. I go to my inner child, and I go to Freddy Krueger, who's my ego. Right. So I'll go in there, and since the parents' mind was always in charge of judgment, your parents judge you. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? This that, and other. This isn't good for you. That's not good for you. I reassign them a job. Right. So in my in my meditation, I go and speak to my parents when I was six years old. And I tell them, "Your thank you for everything you've done. Your job is no longer um, judgment. Your job is now consideration. Consider what's good for me, not what I shouldn't do and what's bad." We get an agreement, we hug, and then I move on to my inner child, Stephen, little Stephen, and little Stephen. You know what's what is your inner child? Their only reaction to everything it's fear, right? Fear of loss, you know, fear of, of about anything that you can imagine. So I talk to them, I talk to Steven and I say, my little Steven, and I say, and, and I get really detailed. He's wearing, he's wearing a shirt from the eighties, you know, when I was a kid, it's one of those, you know, those football shirts with the colored sleeves and the white body. It's got a number 74 on it. Like, this is how clear I get. And I take the fear away. I said, look, from now, from, you've always been in charge of fear and I'm going to take that away from you. No, no, no more fear. You're now my sentry. You watch out and you warn me of something comes my way. We get an agreement on that. We hug. He becomes part of me. Then I move on to Freddy Krueger, who is my ego. And I say, Freddy, thanks for everything you've done. You've gotten me through war. You got me through battle. You got me through 120 street fights. You've gotten me through life. But now it's time. You no longer have control over the against energy. And you no longer have control over the dark energy. I get an agreement from him. We hug. Everything's cool. I move on. Right? I go across a big field. And I go to a tent with a top on it, no sides. And there is my higher self or my intuition. And I say to my intuition, show me the way. According to my path, show me the way. Then I go and face the universe, the entire universe. And I say, I am the leader of my mind. What I want, I create. And then I say my statement, I, why I'm here, right? I'm here creating radiant value to elevate others to a higher frequency. And then I move out. And I'm done meditating. That's my route every single morning since this whole ordeal started. And I have to tell you that I am the leader of my mind. My mind doesn't wander anymore. Oh my God, what's my wife doing? Who's she with? What's going on? Why? You know what? I'm serving her soul. And if her soul needs me to help her in this way or that way, that's what I'm going to do. And what she does, I can't control and I won't control and I won't even have to worry about it. But I'm not ignoring it. You can't ignore it. You have to, you have to acknowledge it, but you can't ignore it. All right. And that, that, that allows me to keep my power and not avoid. It's sort of like I always say when bad energy comes at me, when bad things comes at me, 
um, when I f start feeling those thoughts of like, oh my God, she's with another guy or whatever, um, I look at it like Aikido. So I take the energy that's coming at me and I, I simply direct it in a different direction away from me. So I acknowledge it, that it's there, and then I direct it away from me and use it against itself. And when you, when you can visualize these things, when you can visualize the energy, the power, the frustration, the hate, whatever it is from other people, or those thoughts that you have that are negative, and you treat it like Aikido, like it's coming at you, like just think of Steven Seagal, right? He hardly moves and the guy's on the floor. That's the same thing I do with all of these bad things, energies and thoughts. And then I create a good thing out of it. It takes a lot of work. It's like, this is like, I, I swear I've gotten a college degree in the last 45 days because man, it's been so much work, but it's changed me fundamentally where every relationship I have, I could just hug and hug and, and embrace every, every single person that I know because I just have such a connection now to who I really am. And I always thought I did, and I did to a degree, but now it's that emotion. I think the emotional side, the intimate side and the business and out external side of me really, really became one when I took those five minds and started leading them instead of allowing the three minds to dictate to the subconscious and then have my conscious feed off that subconscious, which is being polluted by all those past experiences. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Thanks, Mary Lynn. Yeah, you want to add something, Mary? That's beautiful, Stephen. Thank you. And um, <laughs> I just have one more question for you. Um, how do you view the, our ethereal being, our, our connectivity with each other, with the universe, how do you translate that? How do you visualize that, the ethereal body, the body beyond yeah. what we see yeah. in the mirror? Um, well, it's funny you say that, Stanley. <laughs> in August, um, I, partake, I partook in a Bufo session. Um, it's 5-MeO-DMT, which is the God particle, is what they call it. And when you work with um, Bufo, the God particle, you see the world, the universe, the cosmic as one. At least that's what I, that's why it's called the God particle, because you actually say you become God, not, not necessarily God himself, but you, we are all one. We are all connected. And that's what you see. So when I went on my journey, it's a 20 minute journey. Um, that's what's what I saw that we're all connected. We're just, we're, we're energy, like small little balls of energy. Uh, passing passing by each other through each other connecting sometimes not connecting sometimes um, and the funny thing i saw is that many of us have met somewhere along the way and we've just passed each other and didn't connect so imagine walking down the street and someone walks by you you don't realize who it is but that's someone that we you that, that that you would have met you know it's like this whole this whole strange thing but i don't get into the uh you know i guess into the specifics of it because i again when I get into the specifics of something like this, then it's, it's, I feel like I'm trying to control it. So I take the impulses that I have and the impressions that I have. I'm a very visual person, like my partner, Lane Ballone, who's my co-author. He feels like he feels this is what I feel. But when we meditate together or we do a despacho or we do a, a, any other kind of ceremony, I see everything. Like I see him turn into a freaking eagle, you know, and fly away. And I tell him this stuff because he can't see it. And he tells me what he feels because I don't feel it. So everyone has a different power. Everyone has a different a way of connecting to the cosmos, to God or whatever. But I mean, I've, I've, I mean, this is going to sound really strange to you guys, but, um, and maybe psycho even, um, or blasphemous even is that sometimes when I pray, I got Jesus standing in front of me, you know, he's like visually standing in front of me. One time he was wearing a Hawaii shirt, you know, like a Hawaii shirt, you know, and it's just, it, that's just how I am. I see these things, but that doesn't mean I, I know how to interpret them all the time.
So I acknowledge them, embrace them for what they are, and then I move on and see what kind of imp impulses and impressions I can take from that. All right. Thank you, my man. All right, we have a few minutes left. Um, any other questions? Any other thoughts? This is such a such a random segment. <laughs> any other questions? Or thoughts? Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. not random at all. I think it went where it was supposed to go, Stephen, and it served go. the needs of uh, the people. Awesome. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, let's get some juicy questions in here. Come on. No, no holds barred. Can I ask a question? You, of course, you can. <laughs> Uh, I'm all the way down the bottom. Hi, I'm Pam. Hi, nice Pam. To meet you. <laughs> you too. Um, what do you recommend in, to someone who wants to do all the things that you're saying? Like, how do we get there? Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> okay, we got about. We need about three hours. No. Um, uh, take, no. Take. And this is this is what you read in the book too. Taking perfect action. Whatever is it, whatever, this is the deal. When you, when you want to get somewhere, you have to start moving, right? You're not going to get there otherwise. And this is why. Imagine you're sitting in the car and you're in a parking lot. What do you see? You see the cars beside you. Maybe a person walks by. Maybe a car drives by, right? So the impulses you're going to get, the ideas you're going to get from those cars and people around you are going to be few and far between because you're sitting still. If you start taking action, meaning you drive away, how many people are you going to pass? How many things are you going to see? How many buildings are you going to see? Opportunities, billboards, marketing, people on the street, you know, police officers. All of these things are impulses and ideas that are feeding you. You just need to receive them. You just need to receive them. So taking that imperfect action will put you in front of more situations where you're going to get impulses, ideas, and thoughts, and opportunities, and new people, and doors opening for you that you otherwise wouldn't have had. And imperfect action doesn't mean getting up and running. That means doing whatever it is that's taking you in a direction of the goal that you want to reach. That could be writing an email, reaching out to me, Pam. I'd love to talk to you about uh, about this. It's just it would be too long to do it here. I'd love to talk to you about this. Reaching out to me, writing a letter, an email, talking to somebody, getting on the phone, talking to talking to someone like your partner about it, and say, hey, what 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 do you think about doing this? That imperfect action is key because you're going to show other impulses. And I can give you the idea, the, the example of what I did. I had an idea for an NFT. I told one person, they told two people, we're now launching NFT. We're now probably a $2 million month in, in February, like I said. And that came only from taking imperfect action. If I would have never asked that question and presented it to my, as I presented it to that person, literally like this, verbally, then it would have never happened. It would have stayed and I stayed an idea. Imperfect action is the most important thing. And behind that imperfect action, of course, the passion and the will to succeed and the certainty that you're going to build through taking that imperfect action. Make sense, Pam? Uh, yes, it does. Uh, there's a lot of fear. I don't know what it is, but um, this is, this, I, do. I think, the fourth or fifth time I've heard you speak. And for some reason today, like, whatever you're saying is making me super emotional. Like, I just want to cry. <laughs> so I'm in well, my car and I'm driving. I'm stuck in traffic and I'm like crying over. I have no idea why. <laughs> oh, I can tell you why. I can tell you why. You know, you're, our, the fear that we fear comes from our inner child. You know, and there's uh, from your past, from your childhood, there's something there that I'm triggering. And for you to figure out what that is and, and, and find out what that is and address that, we can, I can, I can, I mean, you know, we can talk if you want. Um, I would love to. Yes. Thank you so much. Okay. Great. Just drop me a, drop me a DM and I'll send you a link. Okay. Thank you. All right, Pam. Rock and roll. Good for you. Thanks for being open and honest and vulnerable. That's freaking awesome. Don't you guys just love this room? Good Lord. My goodness. Glenn, oh, what have you, you done? What have you done, Glenn Lundy? You've created a monster. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway, all right. So we are coming near the end. we got four minutes left. 
Um, I got some some questions in here. Let me see. Um, thank you. Thank you. No, no, no questions. I will hey, Stephen, I see yes. a question. Uh, this is GI asking you, uh, you gave a great response about the three type of coaching experiences you've had. Now, would you share with us the magic behind your no referral calls? Yeah. Uh, you said you got three calls that come in. You take three calls a day talking to people uh, that you're not doing any leads on. When someone yeah. meets with you, what does that look like, feel like, and what's the result? Sure. So people feed to me, feed other people to me, because when you and I talk, matter of fact, I did it with you. When you and I talk, I introduced you to people while we were talking. So I'm writing emails while we're talking like, oh, hey, you need to talk to so-and-so, write emails, boom. What am I doing? I'm adding value by solving problems. You need a connection to do something, I'm adding value, solving problems, adding value, solving problems, constantly, constantly, constantly. And because of that, people people are like, holy geez, man, Steve, you need to talk to this person, you need to talk to this person. And it just keeps snowballing from there. I'm so, as you know, if you read the book again, Unleash Humble Alpha, my two-word moniker is Powerful Connector. And because I'm a powerful connector, that means that I interject power into my relationships. And I ensure that when I connect, when I connect you to somebody, I ensure that you actually talk to each other and that you actually get something out of it. And what happened, GI? I introduced you to Julie. Julie took you to, I think, Arizona and Texas and then Florida, right? And you spoke at all these different events. That was through one contact that we had a half an hour call that I introduced you to and the snowball went from there. Oh, and that's, that's what I mean. And now we're like brother and sister and yes. we're going to hook up in New York when I'm there. So you see what yes. I'm saying? Yes, and how many yes. people have you sent? How many people have you sent me? Right? How many people have you introduced me to? Yes. Right. Absolutely. And did I ever ask for that? Not once. No. no. Exactly. So perfect example is is how you and I talked, met, and moved on from there. And now we're like brother and sister. It's rock and roll. I love you too, bro. Love you too, sis. <laughs> All right. Anyone else? Come on. We got like two minutes. Come on, it's something juicy and big. Monica. Stephen, I don't know that I have anything juicy or big but i just am listening to your segment today and man you are oh you just inspire so many people you just live your values and you i'm just so stinking proud of you man i just no i just don't even know how to express it right now how the change in you the shift in you in the last couple of months is it, it's just inspiring and i want to thank you so much for that and i don't know Love you too, cousin. That's my cousin, everybody. I know. Come I on. wish I was both y'all's cousin too. You I guys got are <laughs> no, Monica okay. is. Um, Monica was a big help. You know, uh, uh, we met at. Funny enough, uh, we met at, um, um, at Grow Your Business for God's Sake in Kentucky, um, for the first time in a couple of years, and uh, we had great breakfast, hanging out, having a good time. It was really good uh, connecting back with my cousin again after all those years. It was. Pretty freaking awesome, Monica. I'm glad you're here. You're such a great support to me. Thank you. Love you. All right. Here we go. That's it. That's my segment for today. Completely random. Uh, I'm, thank you all for tolerating it and putting up with it and giving some great feedback and some great uh, in, impulses. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.